0: So my habit every Sunday morning is when I come into the office, I, uh, I open up my news feed and start reading to see what's going on in the world, to see what I missed overnight or over the weekend, because I digitally detach usually on, uh, on Saturdays, and sometimes something has occurred over the weekend that I have to start there this morning. This is one of those days when there is a, um, a situation in Buffalo where there's a shooting, We just can't ignore that. We have to stop and pray for that. Specifically, and particularly, when it appears racially motivated, it's just a reminder of what God's kingdom is. That it's a a kingdom of people from every race and every color and every ethnic background that merge together as one where race isn't the determining factor. The only determining factor is, does that person have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And today's a reminder that, dang it, the world needs the church more than ever Amen. To show That race doesn't divide us I love this church Because when I look around at you Man there are black Brown, yellow, white And everything in between in this church And I love that I didn't mean to start preaching before I started preaching But <laughs> It's just hard So I, I, gotta, I want you to pray with me Okay, You pray, I'll pray And um I believe what I heard this morning was that 10 people lost their lives to a shooting, okay? So if you haven't read, you can check this out later. Um, but let's pray that somehow God will allow people to rise up, his presence, that the church would be stepping into places to bring help and healing. So, Lord, we just come before you this morning. And, uh, Lord, it's a hard way to. Um, it, it, I don't know, Lord, it just it shakes my soul when I read stuff like that to see how evil our world can be and how ignorant people can be so God in, a, in the face of tragedy somehow would you in your presence step in to bring comfort and peace and healing and may the truth of who you are become more and more relevant to people this is just one example God of what the world looks like without you without your presence and we need you God God So would you help us as a church to know how to respond to situations like this? God, we just lift this to you, not knowing what to do. But help us to be an example of loving people who don't look like this, might come from different backgrounds. Lord, let us be the kind of people who love well. And everybody said, amen. Hey, thanks. There's moments we just got to do that. Um, If I can take you back to a Wednesday night in 1995. I was running a student ministries in a church, and this guy walked in. He was a freshman. His name was Ryan, and I noticed two things about Ryan. First of all, as a freshman, he had more facial hair than I did. It's like, wow, early bloomer. The other thing I noticed about him is he walked in with a guitar strapped to him, and I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, you're new to a place, and you just carry a guitar wherever you went. And I was wondering, like, can you play that thing? So after the whole group was over, I was like, so what you got? Let's, let, let's hear something. And he starts ripping out Dave Matthews songs. And I was like, wow, this kid can play. And I was stoked about that because I was like, I was the only guitar player leading worship, and I was terrible. So I was like, oh, great. We have a new guitar player. Uh, that was the beginning of our friendship. Ryan and I would go fishing, just hang out. We did ministry together. For the next four years, I, I got to be a part of his high school experience. When he graduated, he came on our student ministry staff team and uh, was a volunteer with us. I mean, Ryan and I, we were tight. I mean, I had gotten married during that time, and we had, we had kids. And um, he actually babysat Courtney uh, the first couple years of her life. Um, and then, well, we moved. We moved to San Jose up here. And um, they actually came to visit us a couple times. And at one of those times, it, it didn't actually go so well because we thought, well, let's take them to the beach. And we took them to this, this cool beach. It was kind of like a cove and there are all these rocks around. You kind of had to pull out on the side of the road to go to this beach. We didn't realize it, but it was kind of one of those clothing optional beaches. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Like, we're out. Ryan and I would talk once a week. And then once every other week. And then once a month. And then slowly but surely, honestly, the phone calls just stopped. I mean, there was no argument. There was no fight. There was no problem. It's just we had this, this drift, this slow drift apart. And that was almost 20 years ago. A lot happened in those 20 years in Ryan's life. His, uh, his marriage broke up. And I was fortunate enough when we were down there, I was able to perform their wedding. But his marriage broke up. In the midst of that, um, his dad got a debilitating brain tumor. He got remarried. He had two kids. And then just last year, his dad passed away. And I missed all of that. I, I just wasn't there. Not because of anything bad happened, we just drifted apart. This is what I would call a classic connection regret. I love Ryan, but we just drifted apart. Um, If I could take you back to that same era in that same church, we had a gal. She was single. She was one of our volunteers. And we tasked her, you're going to be the small group leader of these freshman girls. And uh, she was with them for a couple years. And somewhere in their sophomore year, I think it was, she came to me and she said, uh, listen, I made a series of bad choices. I'm pregnant. I know that's not, that's not what our ministry represents. So um, I know I can't lead these girls anymore. And um, yeah, I mean... Uh, I was disappointed, but if I'm going to be very transparent with you, can I tell you who I was thinking about? I was actually thinking about me. <laughs> I was thinking about what this meant for me and the girls in her group and the phone calls I was about to get from all those girls' parents, right? I mean, if, if you've ever uh, been a part of ministry, you get that when something goes south there, that parents start making phone calls. This situation was actually fairly complicated. Uh, because there were some factors going on here that created this just deep rift between this gal and I. But if I'm real honest with you, can I tell you this? Who I was not thinking about? I was not actually thinking about this gal who now was going to have to raise a baby as a single mom. I mean, this was another connection regret, but it wasn't a connection regret because of drift. It was a connection regret because of a rift. And that's what causes connection regrets. So we've been in this series called regrets, right? No regrets. We call it no regrets because it's not actually true. The truth is this. We all have regrets. And I know this, we all have connection regrets. But as we've been talking about this, hopefully you've realized that every week, not all these regrets are the same, right? A guy by the name of Daniel Pink who writes this book called The Power of Regret, he just says this, regrets can be unbelievably powerful if you turn them around in your life to to handle them well. And he gives us these four types of regrets. If you've been tracking along, there's foundation regrets. That was week one, right? Foundation regrets are you make small decisions in the wrong direction, and they accumulate to create this massive regret in your life. Moral regrets. No explanation needed, right? Right? It's when we cross a line we never said we would cross. And last week was boldness regrets. It's when we fail to step out, take a risk. This week, it's going to be all about connection regrets. So question, what is a connection regret? If you're in your notes there, follow along. And also open up to Isaiah chapter 42. Here's what a connection regret is. is, is a friendship that we lost because of a rift or drift. Just like the two stories I told you. What, I, what we know about connection regrets, based off of all the research that's been done, is this, is that they're the most common type of regret. They're not only the most common type of regret, but they're actually the deepest felt type of regret. Let me quote to you what it is that they write about these deep regrets. It says this, Regrets about social relationships are felt more de- deeply than all other types of regrets because of this, because they threaten our sense of belonging. Come on, you get this, right? We don't want to be alone, and we don't want to cause other, someone else to, to, ha- to lack a sense of belonging to be alone. We don't want that to be our fault. We crave relationships. I don't know if you know about this, but there's a Harvard study called the Grant Study. It is the most significant study on what causes happiness and the well-being of people. Get this. It began in 1938, all right? 1938, with a group of 268 men from Stanford. And people, the, the researchers tracked them for 80 years over the span of their life. And they tracked everything. You know, their, their income, their jobs, their, their careers, physically, uh, their sicknesses. They did brain scans on them, did blood work on them. The goal of the study was to determine this. Why some people flourished in work and in life and others just floundered. Here's the conclusion. 2017, the Harvard Gazette published this conclusion, quote, close relationships, more than money or fame, are what keep people happy throughout their lives. What was the meaning of life? What made people happy? It was close relationships. He goes on to write this. Close relationships protect people from life's discontents. They help to delay mental and physical decline. They're better predictors of long and happy lives than social class, IQ, or even genes. Connection regrets run deep because the meaning of life is close relationships. Relationships. If you have ever experienced the loss of connection with a family member, with a friend, you know this. So here's what I'm anticipating. Today, when you walked in, somehow you brought in a connection regret. And I'm just wondering if God might put his finger on something, some kind of regret that you have in a relationship with somebody. So how do we fix connection regrets? Here's where the book of Isaiah comes in. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 42 and take a look at some of these regrets. Now, I have to give you a disclaimer here. Every week we've looked at Isaiah for here's the regret and here's the hope. Here's the the connection, here's the, the type of regret in Isaiah, and then here's the hope. But here's my disclaimer. In the book of Isaiah, most of the regrets are with God and people. With people and God, the regret is vertical. There's not a lot of these horizontal regrets from person to person. I mean, you get these kings, and they're kind of battling it out, Assyria and Judah, Babylon and Judah, and so you you get these people at war with each other, but there's not a lot of, like, friendship regrets that are broken apart. Most of the regrets are all, you know, from people to God. And so I tell you that because of this. I can't tell you, hey, turn to a verse in Isaiah, and let me show you the people regret that is happening at that moment between each other. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at the regret that people have in breaking their relationship with God because of this. Jesus makes this statement in John 15, verse 12. He says, my command is this. I want you to love each other. Horizontal, right? Love each other. Your relationship with the other people. Love each other this way. As I have loved you. Here's my point. If we're going to take a look at how Jesus loved people and how God loved people in Isaiah, you take a look at how God loves us. He says, here's what I want you to Take this vertical love, and I want you to love each other that way. So if we take a look at what's broken here and how God loved his people, take that and apply that to your relationships with each other. You okay? That's what we're going to do in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 42. I want to show this to you, the connection regrets in Isaiah. A little background real quick. Isaiah He's been warning the king about, please pay attention to God. Don't ignore God. God has a plan for them that is good. But the king of Judah and the people of Judah, they just refuse to listen. So here it is in simple terms. God's people, they drift from God. Let me show you what Isaiah writes about this. I'm in chapter 42, verse 19, about halfway through. It says, who is blind like the one in covenant with me? Blind like the servant of the Lord. You have seen many things, but you pay no attention. Your ears are open, but you do not listen. Prime example, it's like you were when you were your parents. You're with your parents, right? You were 13, and your parents are like, you know, blah, blah, and they they just start talking. You heard them, but you paid no attention, right? The older we get, the smarter our parents appear. And God is saying, listen, you are not paying attention to me. So God would use the Assyrians, the threat of the Assyrians, and then the Babylonians to come in and bring pain into their life. Because what turns a person to God faster than anything? It's pain. Verse 25 reads this way. So he poured out on them his burning anger, the violence of war, and enveloped them in flames. Yet they did not understand it consumed them, but they did not take it to heart. Isn't that heartbreaking? My parents, you get this when you've tried to reach your own kids. You've tried to say, listen to me. Because if you don't, there's going to be this this pain in life. So there's this drift from God. Rather than a rift, rather than rebellion against God. and, And we all get this. You know how I notice it in my own life? This slow drift from God? I just go to my journal and check out my last several entries. I go, Whoa. Two weeks since I last wrote about what it is I was learning? Since what, what, I realized what was going on in my life? I haven't written in two weeks. Wow, I just got really busy doing work for God. Maybe drifting from my relationship with God. Anybody else got this? Oh, I'm the only one. Uh-huh. Liars. <laughs> it's not necessarily rebellion, right? It's drift. We just drift from God. But the truth is, drift happens in our marriages, right? Our careers consume our days and then they consume our nights. Drift happens with our kids where we get super busy providing for them and we forget, oh, I'm not just the provider, I'm actually the guider. I'm the one who's supposed to get to know them. Drift even happens with our parents when we get busy with our own families, right? And we forget. No, I still have parents whom I love and love me, and we actually still crave belonging with them. And some of us even crave affirmation from them. So I don't know where your regrets will lie in your relationships with people. But if statistics prove right, most of us carry around some type of relationship connection regret. But it's interesting because sometimes it's not always just a rift a drift. It's actually a rift as well. Let me show you this. See, God's people, they didn't just drift from him, but God's people create a rift with God. Look at verse 24. God is going to describe what got in the way of their relationship. Here's what he writes. Who handed Jacob over to become loot and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom you have sinned? There it is right there. Against God. You didn't just drift from him, but you sinned. For they would not follow his ways. They did not obey his laws. So it's not just this drifting from God. There was a conscious decision. You know what? This is what God wants and I don't care. I'm going a, I'm to a step against his morals. I'm going to step against his plans. I'm going to step against his guidance. I'm going to wave it in the face of God. I'm going to offend him. I just don't care. That's more than drift. There's a disrespectful ungrateful rebellion against god they allowed this to put a barrier between them and god so question what about us i'm just curious like does this remind you of a person in your life where you said something or you did something and maybe you didn't even intend to offend but somehow you did Maybe it wasn't even you. Maybe it was them that they were the offender. And man, it, it, you just, it hurt your feelings. And so you were going to allow that to be a barrier between the two of you. But somehow you both let a connection break turn into a connection regret. And there's water under that bridge. And God makes it really clear to his people there's a way to, to fix a connection regret. There's a way to fix it and make it right. Whether it's just slow drift and there's no animosity, there's just this awkward distance and you're not sure what they're thinking or feeling or if they even remember you or care about you. Or you might go, oh, I know they remember me because we're still angry at each other, but you're not sure if they've let it go or if they're still holding it against you. There's one way to fix a connection regret and it's not complicated. It's called reach out. That's it. If you remember anything from this message, that's it. How do you fix the connection regret? It's about reaching out. Here's what I want you to take a look at. Chapter 43. God goes into this. I have given you so many invitations to reconnect with me. Here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 2. <clears throat> Isaiah writes this from God's perspective. He says this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Say with you. So when I pass, when you pass through the waters, I will be. God's not even done there, though. He says this in verse 5. He says, do not be afraid, for I am. Yeah. The almighty God of the universe, the all-powerful one, the one whose love is bigger than we could ever understand, the one who has mercy for us, he says this. When you go through difficult times that he calls when you pass through the waters, things that threaten in life, I'm going to be with you. You don't have to be afraid because I'm going to be with you. And then look at what he says next. Down in verse 18, he says, forget the former things. I know you've done some things in the past. Listen, we're gonna forget about them and we're gonna move on to something else. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I hope that this morning, some of you go, you know what, I've been living in the past for so long, either broken relationship with God or broken relationship with someone else. But understand God's invitation. He is saying, I'm gonna do a brand new thing. If you, you just gotta stop living in the past and reach out to me. It's an invitation from God. But here's the heartbreaking part of it. Look at verse 22. Yet you have not called on me. How do you fix a connection Regret. How do you fix it? Reach out. Good. Three people got it. I'm going to keep preaching until the rest of you got it. How do you fix the connection regret? But God said, yet you have not called on me. The invitation is there, but we just, we don't want to reach out. So God tells them, if you reach out, this is what I'm going to do. Look at chapter 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. There it is you reach out to me and because you offended me in the past you did something wrong in the past you let drift or rift get in the way and it's a barrier here's what I'm going to do I'm the God who forgives when you reach out this is my promise to you I'm the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more do you believe that? if we did we would reach out more I mean, God is open and willing to forgive and reconnect. In fact, he was so willing to restore a relationship with people that he took it upon himself to pay for the cost of that sin. Because he doesn't just like take a Windex and erase our sins. He pays for them. And he paid for our sins by his son's death on a cross because the penalty for sin is death. And so he became the sacrifice so that we could reconnect with God. He took it on himself. People didn't make up for their sins. And so God gives us this invitation. Just listen to this. In chapter 55, he says this. Isaiah writes, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways. Notice this. He's not just, hey, call out to me and then keep doing life the way you did it before. He says, I want you to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts, meaning change life. Let them turn to the Lord. And here's the promise. He will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Listen, some of you, you might be done right here. This is what you needed to hear today. You knew you've drifted from God. And the invitation stands for you. He's inviting you, come back into relationship with me. I've paid for it already. But if you reach out, I will have mercy for you. You'll find grace. I will love you. I will forgive you. So how do we do that? If you need to restore a relationship with God, you reach out to him, first of all, just start talking to him. The Bible calls it prayer. It's also about apologizing to him. God, I was wrong. It's about asking for forgiveness. God, would you forgive me? Thank you that Jesus paid the penalty for me. But it doesn't end there. Because when we return to God, it's this invitation to live in a daily relationship with him. Amen? It's not our invitation to just be forgiven and then go do life on our own. He wants to love you, guide you, be your parent, be your father. So today, I'm praying that some of you reach out to God to reestablish relationship with him. But I'm also praying that there's some of you in this room that you actually have a connection regret with a person, not just the person of God. And I'm hoping that you will reach out to them and remember Jesus' words the same way that he loved you. I want you to go love one another. But here's the truth. A lot of people just won't reach out. By the way, you know what keeps us stuck? It's us. We keep ourselves stuck. There's this research um, where they had two groups of people. They put them uh, on these trains or buses in Chicago, and they said this. This is what we want you to do. We want you to strike up conversation with people on, on the bus or the train. So half the group was tasked with striking up conversation. The other group, they said, we just want you to sit there quietly and don't talk to anybody. And the people who were tasked with, hey, you need to start a conversation with someone on the train, they had the same two objections every time. You know what? It's going to be really awkward for me to start that conversation. Like, oh, the awkward, it's going to be like a 7 out of 10. It's going to be really awkward. I don't know how to start those conversations. It's just awkward. The other complaint that they had was this. It's not just my awkwardness. People will not receive that well. No one wants to talk to somebody else on a bus or a train. That's just weird. You know, you're, it's intrusive. Like, we just don't want to do it. <laughs> you know what the research showed? Both their assumptions were Wrong. When they were done reaching out, they just said, uh, yeah, you know what? It actually wasn't that awkward at all. We totally overestimate how awkward it would be for us. And they were totally wrong on the other front. The other front was people received it unbelievably well. You know what keeps us stuck? Us. We overestimate how awkward it's going to be. And we underestimate how much people will actually receive us. Um, So let's just talk about this real quick. We got to get out of our heads and reach out. So before we wrap this up, can I just give you some very practical advice? Because reaching out, you can mess it up. (laughs) You cannot do it well. So let me just give you a little bit of advice. And it's in your notes there. Here it is. There's a couple fill-ins for you. Clarify the who and the what of your regret. Who are the people you have a connection regret about? And what is the connection regret about? When you write it down, it becomes clear not only what happened and what it was, rift, drift, or both, but it also clarifies this. What are your expectations? What are you trying for? What do you want to see happen? The, the second is this. Determine if it's an open door or a closed door. Here's a closed door. That person is dead. They're no longer with us. That's a closed door. You don't have the opportunity for a connection, or a reconnection with them. If that's the case, listen to me. This is crucial. Because you don't actually have to carry that regret with you. Write it down. Process it. Talk to someone about it, and then understand this. You stand in God's grace. If they were the offender at you, the same way that God forgave you, forgive. If you were the offender, your conversation is not with them, it's with God. God, I'm so sorry. I didn't do that right. And you get to stand in God's grace. There's also another example of a closed door. Um... If reaching out to that person would actually create more harm than good, then um, don't reach out. Let me help you think about it this way. Do I want some guy contacting my wife because they dated 30 years ago and it didn't end well? No, that jack should not call. (laughs) Right? Some of these connection regrets are past romances. Um, Some of those, you just have to go, God, I stand in your grace. That's a closed door but there's also open doors. An open door is this. Is God nudging you to reach out to a person that is still around? I want you to think about this. Romans 12, 18 says this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Is there an opportunity for peace? Now, think about this. You might not actually be inviting them to an ongoing relationship. Hey, let's connect and we're going to talk every month for you might just need a better end to your story with them. Does that make sense? You're never going to be besties. That's okay. Third thing. How about crafting some phrases that expect that that express your expectations or your regret? Let me just give you some phrases. Maybe some of these will connect with you. Like, yeah, that's what I want to see happen. Um, How about this one? I wish I would have stayed in touch. Simple. I I wish I just would have stayed in touch. Or maybe B, I want to say I'm sorry. Maybe that's the phrase. Maybe it's, I didn't like how I left things. How about this one? I know we aren't in each other's lives anymore, but I have regrets about how we left things. Do you see how that's inviting a different ending to your story? Another one, I would really like to reconnect. See, that's different. You're asking for an ongoing relationship. I know we have our own lives now, but I just wanted to say, say what you want to say. Or how about, I want to clear the air about something. Write down how you want to connect with them. And then four is this, be ready to apologize and forgive. I mean, if it's a rift, be ready to apologize. Even if it's, man, you felt like they were this wrong and you were this wrong, you're keeping score, stop it. (laughs) If you did anything wrong, be ready to apologize and certainly be ready to forgive. The fifth and final thing is this. The only thing you can do is receive the response. You can't control the response. You only have control over this, right? You, and you barely got control over that. You don't control their response. You can just receive it. Um, you remember my friend Ryan I told you about? I hadn't talked to him for 20 years. Last week I was down in Southern California for graduation. And as I was studying all of this, I just realized it's so silly. He lives in that town. So I called him up or messaged him on a Monday. And that Friday, um, Kelly and I had lunch my friend Ryan and his wife and uh, we talked about our kids talked about our jobs talked about our, our, our churches and how we were doing and an hour and a half just flew by it wasn't even enough time for us to really reconnect but it was the beginning of washing away a connection regret for me because I loved that guy and yet I wasn't really a part of his life and so we left it by saying, let's not wait 20 years to do this again. I probably won't call him next week, but he's one of those people that maybe once a month, a couple times, three, four times a year, and when I'm down there, we'll definitely get together. It's a better end to our story. Remember the gal who was on our ministry team who got pregnant? Remember her? It was seven years that I hadn't spoken with her. And a common mutual friend of ours was getting married and they invited me to do the the wedding. Well, because they were mutual friends, she was going to be at the wedding. And I was like, wow, how big is this wedding? Man, I I knew she was coming. Are are we going to see each other? And then I realized the wedding's on a boat (laughs) in Long Beach Harbor. There was no avoiding this. I, I can't tell you how freeing, And refreshing it was to walk up to her and say, I'm so sorry. I have to apologize because seven years ago, I was really focused on me. And I didn't realize what it would take for a single mom to raise a kid by herself. You needed the church more than ever. And I let you walk away from the church. And I'm sorry. Now, she and I don't call each other. We don't chat anymore but you know what? I don't have a connection regret there anymore. We cleared the air. And there was nothing I could do to make it right other than to say, I didn't do it well back then. And, And neither did she, but see, that was the mutual, you know what? There was a rift there that I think we both contributed to. How do we fix connection regrets? Simple. We reach out. So here's the simple question. What's God inviting you to? Maybe it's your connection with Him that needs to be restored. Maybe it's a family member or a friend. But all I can invite you to do is this. Be courageous and reach out. Reach out to God or reach out to that person. Because my prayer for you is this, that you walked in with some connection regrets. And you either will walk out by leaving them here because it's a closed regret Well, you'll walk out these doors and be ready. Process it. Go through some of these steps. Figure it out. And then reach out because it's not that awkward. And being reconnected is amazing. It's the kind of thing that God did for you in his son Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you didn't leave me alone. And that no matter how many times I either drifted or rifted from you, that you keep reaching out to me. And so, God, I just say thank you. Thank you so much for how you have generously loved us. So, God, would you give us this conviction right here today that the same way you loved us, we would love one another. And I I admit, God, it's different than the world loves because the world cancels. The world gives up on. The world pushes away. The, the, The world is done with us but you're not, God. And so give us that re- rich kind of love for each other and the courage that says, I don't control how this turns out, but I just know I need to step when you call me to step. So make it clear to us in the room, God, and give us the courage to reach out in a meaningful way. And if you want that and you're, you're going to step into that, would you simply say, amen? Amen.